Hello everyone and welcome back to Behind Hollywood. This episode is one that I am so excited to share with you all. Singer-songwriter Jack Howitt joined us on the pod today to talk about his incredible career. Jack has accumulated a crazy roster of people that he's collaborated with within the industry as a songwriter, all while maintaining his own career as a musical artist. This conversation we had was amazing and you definitely have to stay and listen to it all. Hey Jack, how are you doing today? Hey Emma, I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm I'm pretty good. Um, I'm excited to have you here today. You're definitely someone that I feel like could be really good on this podcast. I I know will be really good on this podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Honestly, I'm I'm happy to be here. I'm excited to have you. So I guess to kind of start off, I know I know a lot about your career. I've I've learned a lot, and I also actually um I've actually known of your music for a while prior to this actually oh really which I, I never mentioned this at all to you when we were like chatting before but I'm actually like I've actually been listening to your music for a little while now so this nice. you're not you're not a new artist that was put in my I can't speak right now my brain isn't working anyways <laughs> but you get what I mean I love that I love that um so I guess could you start by introducing yourself and kind of like your work how you got started all that kind of stuff for people who don't aren't that familiar with you yeah, of course. I, so my name's Jack Howitt. I'm an artist and songwriter. Um, I work as a songwriter and artist like 50-50. So I work with producers and writers on my own project. Um, and I also uh, write for other artists as well. Yeah. That's awesome. So you've been able to write songs for some huge names in the industry, like Ava Max, Megan Thee Stallion, Pharrell. How were you able to make these happen? So... Um, over the years, I've been doing music for quite a long time now. Um, I kind of, any like contact that I made through, like maybe my management set me up in a writing session with someone, I kind of like held on to those names and contacts, like remembered who I was like kind of in touch with. So when, so for example, the Ava Max song that um, we did, that was just a, um, a session that I did with an, another writer and two producers um so we wrote the song sad boy and we kind of actually in the session was thinking okay let's write this with Ava Max in mind so she was actually the goal um and then so we wrote the song one day we had this finished demo and then we kind of just like gave it to our management to like pitch like send to like A&Rs and that kind of thing and then I was I think I had a conversation with an artist who said to me that they like just whatsapped like some A&Rs at like major labels and was like hey like I've got this song and I was sat there thinking oh my god that's so cool like who do I know that I can do that with so I kind of like racked my brain like and thought about some people I'd met in like meetings over the years and I'd actually met their A&R director at Atlantic like a few years ago on a trip in LA so I just like sent him an email and was like hey uh, I've got this song like don't know if it's right for any of your artists and that was literally it I just sent it to the to the A&R at Atlantic and the and that got the ball rolling that's awesome I'm I'm personally very keen on like networking and taking advantage of all those connections so hearing someone else who also does the exact same thing is awesome I love it it's so it's so important honestly like the like who you know is going to play such a big part in it. Obviously, you need to be talented and writing good songs, but you need to keep hold of those contacts. Definitely, that's some sound advice, I would say. Yeah, and like even think about the amount of like extremely talented people there are in the world who don't have the connections to get them to where they 
yeah could potentially be so think about yeah who you know makes the biggest difference in this industry definitely like think of all those songs that there's, there's going to be amazing songs that you'll never hear that have been written in writing sessions like that just never see the light of day and it's just because they weren't in the right place at the right time exactly so I guess kind of from more of a business standpoint what is the process for songwriters getting their songs to artists like do you mostly write songs and then pitch them to artists or do you write them with artists in collaboration with them like what is that kind of like yeah so it's a bit of both really so I've, I've always had music management who kind of take charge in setting up sessions which is quite nice because they'll take the the conversations so they'll be reaching out to artists uh, managers and that kind of thing and um, so a lot of the sessions that I did were were just set up for me so I just turn up and and we do the sessions so then it'll be working with artists but then also I do write a lot of like pitch session songs so that means we'll just go into the studio and write a song um, and we'll like think about an artist that we want to kind of have in mind so we'll aim for that artist but then like sometimes they don't want it so then we'll think about other people and then yeah just send it off um to like different a and r's at labels and see where we can find a home for it basically that's so awesome. a bit of both, yeah what would you say this is just like super random question but what would you say it was kind of like the craziest start to finish process of a song like let's say you wrote a song and you were like like I, I, how do I word this I, this is just a random question that I thought of right now like yeah. what was the craziest process of like like a song yeah, yeah like a, a song I getting I to an artist so the craziest one was the Megan Thee Stallion cut that I have um this is so random and I basically wrote a song called I Don't with a Swedish artist called Robin Steinberg we did a session it was for his project and he released the song and then he he um there was like a video on Instagram of this choir in Sweden who were doing like a warm up and they were singing the chorus of this song. So they were just singing like the chorus and like going up the scales as a warm up. And they posted on Instagram. And Pharrell Williams saw that video and he sampled it in the session that he was doing with Megan Thee Stallion, which then ended up being the song that came out on her album. So that's how we became like obviously credited writers on that song, even though we didn't actually write the, the finished version we wrote the other song that they sampled in the song. So that was like mad. Like one day I woke up to an email and it was like, hey, um, Pharrell Williams sampled your song. Like this is coming out. And we were like, what? That's crazy. Yeah, like two huge names in the industry. That's like, so that's nice. insane. <laughs> so insane, yeah. And it was literally just from like a, a video on Instagram, you know, that I wasn't even involved in. <laughs> it's like you you found out about the video on Instagram and then right away you find out that it's, like Pharrell yeah. Williams and Megan Thee Stallion are working with the song as well yeah crazy like that that is like definitely the most craziest like music experience I've had that's insane mm. so I guess so you also do your own music like you said yeah. you have your like 50 50 your own music music for other artists um also your latest single um Love or Lie incredible I've been listening to it so much lately Thank I love you. it so as a songwriter, I guess, how do you decide which songs to keep for yourself and which to, I guess, give away to other artists? Yeah, it's quite hard, really, because sometimes like we'll write songs and it might be quite close to me. And I, I'm kind of like, oh, I really want this song. But sometimes then I'm like, it's almost worth like pitching it out to like big artists. Because if we land like a really big artist on a song, like it's only going to be beneficial for 
me as a writer as well. So a lot of the time I would pitch like a lot of songs. Um, and then sometimes if we don't land the song with an artist, then I'll like take it for myself. Um, but there are sessions where I'll be going in and it's the, the goal is it's going to be a song for me. So then I'm kind of holding on to those ones. Yeah. And I could also assume that like songs that are really like personal, I guess you wouldn't really want to give away to other people that much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a real personal story. So it's like, this is my song. I'm holding on to it. Yeah, It's like your little child. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I could see how it could be difficult kind of trying to balance both, but I don't know. That's something that I've wondered a lot, how songwriters who also make their own music kind of yeah. balance that. Um, so are there any challenges, I guess, that come from trying to maintain your own career whilst also writing for other artists? Um, it's it's been quite a separate process for me, really. So I I've been I've kind of always self-managed my artist project. So even though I had music management, they were kind of representing me more for as a songwriter rather than for my artist project. So I've been very in control of my own project and doing that like quite separately to the other kind of songwriting sessions where I would be writing for other artists. So it's, yeah, it's been quite a separate thing, really. Does it ever happen where you're, you wrote a song that you plan, that's like, let's say it's a super personal track and you're like, I want this to be my own song. This is my child. I need this to have my name and my name only yeah. attached to it. But then people are like, no, I think, you should pitch this song to this artist and they're being very persistent. Does that ever happen where there's kind of like, you want to do something, but then your team might say like, uh, it'll be better if you give it to someone else. And you're kind of just like at this weird point. Never, that's, never, that's never really happened for me personally, but I'm sure it a does. Really good team then. Yeah, yeah. But there's been definitely times where it's been like the other way where like I've worked on a song for someone else and then been like, oh, I really want this for me. But um, yeah. I, can, I guess that does happen quite a lot where, you know, you write a really good song and everyone's kind of buzzing around it and they're like, no, you should send this to this person. So you said, um, I don't remember where I saw this. I think it was on your Instagram maybe, but you said something about how you used to go around saying that you are a songwriter without having anything to yeah. show people when they asked what yeah. songs you write. Yeah. Um, so what was the first time that you referred to yourself as a songwriter without any doubt? You're like, yep, I'm a songwriter. And you said it super confidently. Um, there was definitely a point, I think, like I was doing lots of writing sessions. So I was like a songwriter because I was doing the sessions and things, but I just didn't really have any credits at that time. Um, but I definitely, yeah, just started to say like, when people said like, oh, what do you do? I, I like made the decision to be like, I'm a songwriter. And I remember one one moment, I think I spoke about this on my Instagram, was when this guy asked me, like, oh, what do you do? And I said, I'm a songwriter. And then he was like, oh, what songs? He was really like, uh, what's the word? Like, it was it was like not a very nice interaction, let's say that. And he said, like, really sarcastically, well, what songs have you written? And I was kind of like, oh, I didn't really have a, I couldn't say like, oh, this one for Ava Max, you know? Um, and I always like held onto that conversation because I was like well one day I will have a song that I can say this song you know that song and I wrote that yeah but I think yeah it's a it was definitely you know it's also about when you decide that you're an artist as well you know like when do you say like oh I'm an artist it's it's a it's a, almost like a weird thing to like to like admit that you are that you know yeah because then everyone I've I've learned this myself where the second I'm like oh yeah I 
do I whenever people ask me like what I do I just say I work in entertainment because yeah. what I do is very broad um and some people are like so I'll be like yeah I work in entertainment and people will be like okay what do you do show me and I'll be like okay what where should I start yeah exactly yeah, <laughs> it's yeah very, exactly. like well, I don't know why with this industry in particular people are like people are very persistent when it comes to asking questions like they need to prove you wrong yeah yeah it's it's really annoying but it's okay now you have a big roster of things to show people yeah now it's quite nice yeah I've got some things that I can like back it up with you know yeah so since you are such a talented songwriter is there a specific formula that you kind of follow when writing music or like what's your creative process per se um, it changes really, like depending on who I'm working with, but usually I, because I play piano and I always kind of start songs on piano. So usually I would like to sit down, start playing and then some chords will come. And then, yeah. So usually then I would start to sing melodies. So before, before I always write lyrics second, usually I'd write lyrics like later. So I'll, I'll start doing the melody first. Um, but one thing that I do quite often is I'll I'll sing random words while I'm writing the melody and then sometimes you can kind of like go back on the record like I'll do a voice note and sometimes you can kind of go back on the record and you can like pick out certain words or vowel sounds that sounded quite good and then kind of piece them together and then mix try and make sense of what you said and then it can kind of help inspire the the story and like be a bit of a starting point yeah that's cool that's cool actually mm -hmm. hearing how that could like come to be I guess yeah or like a word will come to you and you'll just be singing one word and then you can kind of it might be like oh we can write around this word and that makes the story you know yeah so okay this is also kind of random but I've I've tried writing music for fun because I I grew up um like playing piano and like taking vocal lessons and stuff like that um yeah. so I've tried it for fun and not, not the greatest experience uh -huh. but um I found like for me kind of it was always like I would come up with like a billion different hooks and like things that could yeah. be a hook but then that's yeah. it that's that's the whole song we just have the hook. <laughs> yeah so you kind of get those like catchy parts that'll be like oh my god people would love this one line yeah. but then I guess the difference between me and you is that you're able to develop <laughs> beyond that <laughs> it's really important to get those hooks though like that's what we're always looking for we want the earworms you know you want the you want yeah. the bits that you sing straight after that you've heard it you're singing that line again so um definitely is something that I think about as well like finding the hooks and trying to keep hooks in like every section of a song so you've obviously got like your verse your pre-chorus your chorus and maybe a post-chorus and like I do try and think of like hooky melodies in like each section yeah and then because that's like what keeps people remembering the song like I remember yeah. one time I was watching the New Year's Eve like in Times Square like the show on, on New Year's Eve and yeah. there was one performer who performed a song um and this for the whole following year this was like 2014 and the whole so the entirety of 2014 I just had this song stuck in my head but I had no <laughs> clue what it was yeah and I still honestly have no clue what it is but yeah. that hook just like stuck yeah. in my brain for so long and so yeah they're they're important parts just to songwriting absolutely yeah absolutely it's all about the hooks really especially in pop music oh yeah in pop music and, and chart music it's all about the hooks like those catchy melodies I think if you're doing like different genres like if you're doing something a bit more folky and it's a bit more storytelling you can get away with being a bit more like loose on the melodies and like changing it a lot but yeah 
pop music kind of does have quite a solid structure and like all about the hooks yeah but I like though now that the pop like genre is kind of evolving a lot more from what it used to be because like I remember when I was younger like in like early 2000s um the pop genre was very structured like look at people like One Direction, Shawn Mendes, Justin Bieber they all their songs were like super duper like you had a pre-chorus you had a verse pre-chorus chorus bridge blah 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 it was very structured and everything was very yeah. like kind of robotic almost yeah but now it's like way more loose and like artists have room like they have like more wiggle room and they're doing more creative definitely stuff. and there's lots of like subgenres as well like you know you've yeah. got like electronic pop you've got folky pop dance pop there's like pop has kind of grown into a bit more of a a loose kind of genre really yeah I learned this in a music class that I took my first year of university so last year but um so the my professor was like so the class for context was the history of pop music yeah so the professor who I wasn't the biggest fan of but this is the only thing that I like that he ever taught me (laughs) he said the pop genre the reason why it always changes is because pop is popular Popular, so whatever's popular right so like now a lot more people are liking alternative music I feel like that's yeah. something that's really popular right now yeah like the so, Billie Eilish vibes that kind exactly. of exactly yeah and so stuff like that is like taking over the radio and they're a lot more diverse and like less structured than what makes you beautiful one direction that came out exactly. like 13 14 years ago yeah and so it's kind of it's nice to see that kind of shift in the genre yeah definitely yeah so I have kind of one more question to kind of wrap up everything. Yeah. So what is one piece of advice that you were given at some point in your career, some point in your life or anything that you think might benefit anyone listening, anyone who aspires to be in your shoes one day? Ooh, that's <laughs> a tough question. Um, one piece of advice. I'm not sure. I'm trying to think of what, what I've what I've heard. Maybe I can give some advice. Um, I think just like, yeah, always try and like enjoy what you're doing. Like, don't do don't do something that you're not really like in line with, or you know, like if it feels forced, maybe like maybe it's do things that if it's coming naturally, then then you're onto a winner. I think that's probably like, yeah, some advice that I would give anyway. I love that. Now, I guess to kind of conclude everything, um, what do you have coming up? What like new projects are you working on and stuff like that? And then where can people find more about you? <laughs> yeah, so my I'm working on my third EP right now, which is exciting. So I've got, um, I've been writing a lot recently and kind of formed this kind of project. Um, it's delving into like a bit more alternative pop kind of vibes piano-y pop um some sad songs on there which is always really nice to write about it's quite emotional um and I'm gonna start releasing that probably like end of January February time um there's gonna be about five songs on that EP so that's what I've been working on um so I'm there's one song that's like finished I'm really happy with it really love it I'm shooting a video for it as well a music video in December um and I'm just recording actually today I've just been re-recording the vocals for like the second single so it's really coming along so yeah I'm excited for that and you can hear all my music on all the streaming platforms Spotify for music Tidal Deezer anywhere you listen to music I should be on there 
That's awesome. I cannot wait for the new music. You said sad songs and I was like, yes, please. <laughs> yeah, I love the sad songs. Sad songs, just even when you're not sad, they're just so great to listen to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah. I feel like sometimes sad songs are even better when you're not sad because that just like makes you I'm weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's just I like to like connect. I like, you know, I like you to like put your story on my lyrics. So yeah. even if it means something else to me, I like to write like vague enough that you could listen to the song and be like, oh, that I I, I feel that like I, I can. It relates to me in some way. And like, even if it's not the same as my story, you know, so I love writing those kind of emotional songs um yeah and also like I like releasing those kind of songs like in February to like May you know like when it's a bit in England especially it's dark and it's it's cold it's kind of sad (laughs) and like releasing sad songs in February like I don't know what type of sad they are but if they're like relationship sad songs yeah in February is is cruel brutal (laughs) around valentine's day that's cruel (laughs) yeah but i think i'll like i'll try and lighten the mood maybe in the summer and release something a bit happier and sorry i had an alarm go off i forgot about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's that's what i've been working on recently oh i have also um we have um i don't know if you have eurovision there where you are Do do you hear about eurovision no, so it's um, it's called the Eurovision Song Contest. So oh. the whole of Europe um, enters this huge contest. Every country like submits a song. Um, there's a massive final. It's like millions of millions of people watch it. Oh. And they're doing like a junior version this year. So um, I've actually written the song for Junior Eurovision. So they're hosting it in Armenia this year. Um, it'll be broadcast all over Europe um, so that's been quite exciting I've been working on that that's up until cool. now yeah that's super cool I've never heard of that but now I need to, I feel like I need to go research that it sounds you so interesting to, yeah yeah it's so cool like, you should look, definitely look into it yeah Eurovision Song Contest some really amazing songs you probably know like some of the songs that have come from Eurovision um, like, what are some of the, like really popular ones so like- um, Euphoria by Loreen do you know that one Yes, I think so. Euphoria, forever yes. till the end of time. That was a Eurovision song. Yeah, That's cool. Sunrider was our. So we we actually came second in the Eurovision um, just now. So where we came second to Ukraine. So because of the war, obviously they can't because basically the winner hosts it the following year. So the country hosts it, but obviously Ukraine are not in a position to host the Eurovision next year. Obviously with the ongoing war. Um, so because we came second, we're hosting it in the UK. So okay. it's a big thing in, in the UK at the moment that we're going to be hosting it. Um, and usually we don't do very well, the UK. <laughs> but we did really well this year. So that's really nice. Yeah. That's but you need to look into that. Yeah. What time of year does it happen usually? Um, so we just had it. So it was prob- probably like just at the end of summer is the Eurovision. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So and it'll be like summer next. In December. What was that? The junior versions in December, so it's in okay. a couple of weeks. Yeah. Okay, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna go like research and look into that after we're done. Yeah, here. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Um, it's huge. It's really big in the. I'm surprised you haven't heard about it. To be honest, I'm surprised too. I'm usually like on top of these things. Yeah, Eurovision. I'm surprised. I've never even like. I'm on TikTok 24 seven. I'm surprised I've never seen anything when I was scrolling on TikTok or anything. Yeah, like that. you probably heard. Um, there's a song from it called Snap that's really gone viral on TikTok. It goes snapping one, two, 
Yeah. You. That's a Eurovision song as well from this year. That's so cool. Yeah. So you oh, know the songs, you just didn't realize where they came from. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, like you said, you said this thing and I was like, how have I never heard of this? Because I'm, I'm like known for being the person who anything in the music industry, I know about it. Yeah, really? <laughs> I'm like, I'm surprised that I didn't know about this. Maybe I'm, I'm surprised. Like, maybe, maybe I got my title from like North American music industry. Yeah. It's a really <laughs> European thing. Like it's not, the, the USA doesn't uh, enter it. So I'm not surprised that it's like not known there. But yeah, in, U- in the whole of Europe, like everyone knows, everyone takes it really seriously as well. Is it like, Especially like all the Scandinavian countries? And, they, and it's like a huge, um, it's like a big, massive arena. So there's like thousands and thousands of people watching the, the final. And it's like huge productions. It's so good. You should definitely YouTube it, Eurovision. Yeah. I was going to say, is it kind of like, taken to the like kind of like level that the Grammys are taken at but then I feel like it might be bigger and like more than the Grammys I think it's probably got more viewers than the Grammys yeah definitely because it's it's the whole of Europe so like the whole of Europe like tune in it's it's crazy like the streams that these songs get are like unreal like they get so many streams because all the country it's like big in every country you know that's crazy yeah it's a really <laughs> I'm like, big... my, my brain is like what the heck how did I not know about this yeah have you heard of an artist from the UK called Sam Ryder Yes. He's got long blonde hair and he's got a song called Spaceman. Yeah. Yeah, he was, he, so basically he was our entry for this year. So that he's like, yeah. Oh my gosh. He almost won it for us really, yeah. So that's why we're hosting next year because he did so well. Yeah, so look at his Eurovision performance, Spaceman. Okay, so I guess we kind of, we kind of covered everything and a little bit more. So, um, yeah, thanks again for doing this. It was great having you. Um, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much again to Jack for taking the time to chat with us today. And thank you all for listening. Make sure you check out all of Jack's work on streaming platforms. Trust me, you will not regret it. And make sure you follow the Behind Hollywood podcast wherever you're listening right now. And let us know what you thought about this episode by leaving us a review. Check us out on Instagram and TikTok at Behind Hollywood Prod. That's Behind Hollywood P-R-O-D for more amazing content from us. And I will see you next time.